You're listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Once upon a time, parents had to figure out what to do with their children for two and a half months out of the year, which started right about now. However, in the age of Corona, parents are now looking at the next two and a half months thinking, oh Lord, where has thy deliverance gone? I'm just kidding. I know all of you love your children very much, and you're not thinking that at all. I love your children too. We, we, we love children here at Bride Ministries and believe the best for all of them. Now, with that said, I want to say that we are very excited about a lot of things here at Bride Ministries. Uh, and I'm going to give you a few announcements. You know, we, we launched this prayer, not, it's, it's, it's a worship breakfast. It's called the Bride Tribe Brunch. Uh, really kind of marketed that to our folks that show up on Sunday nights for the Bride Ministries Church. And, you know, we have it here at the ministry office. Thing is, uh, it filled up so fast, <clears throat> we had to cut off registration <laughs> two weeks before the event. Um, <clears throat> I do apologize for those of you that were thinking you wanted to hang out with us for breakfast. We're actually uh, a full house. So in the future, as we move into the summer, we may look at a renting facility to have our uh, Bride Tribe brunch here uh, once a month at the ministry. So uh, just understand if you go and you try to get into the Bride Tribe brunch for June, uh, you can't. Okay, really looking forward to those of you that are going to be there, though. We're going to have such a good time, and we can tell everybody about it that didn't register in time. Okay, having said that, I'm also very excited to say, listen, uh, we are doing the DID Coach Mentorship Program for 2021, and we are taking applications now. How do you apply? Go to bridemovement.com. Go to our ministry page. Scroll down to the place where it says, I want to be a coach with Bride Ministries. That will take you to our landing page for the program where you can get some details, and you can also apply from that page um, because the application is linked. Understand that applications do not mean that you are part of the program. We do not accept every person that applies by any stretch of the imagination. So only for those that fully execute a uh, application will they get an invitation to have an interview. That interview will be before a number of individuals at the same time, and we are going to determine uh, who is best suited for this program. We want to make sure that we're setting people up for success. Uh, we're not just taking money. Now, for those of you that are accepted after your interview into the program, there will still be a requirement to make payment for the program and uh, to basically accept your invitation. So uh, that is a process. If you would like to be part of that DID Coach Mentorship Program 2021, I do want to tell you you can apply now. And also, if you are in Australia, uh, we are looking at doing a sister school in Australia for 2021, meaning running two programs simultaneously. And for those in Australia, I will be traveling to you for that training. And so uh, we want to encourage our Australian friends to apply if the Lord has put this on your heart. I also want to let you know that we are plugging away to create our 
self-deliverance portal here at Bride Ministries. We are very much looking forward to the time where people will be able to go to our website, take an assessment, um, and be informed what deliverance tools they need, navigate their way to those pages, and find that I am on there in video praying those prayers over them. Uh, We think that this is going to lead to a lot of deliverances all over the world, and we are very excited to be able to make this available. Thank you for those of you that continue to support us financially. You are not only supporting the Bride Ministries Church, this podcast, the um, outreaches we have here at Bride Ministries, the brunch, the uh, 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 the groups that meet throughout the week as part of our church outreach. You're also supporting survivor healing journeys. And you are helping us to build projects like this self-deliverance portal. So if you would like to sew into what we are doing here, go to bridemovement.com and donate. You can also use our app. We even have text to give. And so, guys, I'm going to leave it there. You are going to enjoy my wife this week as it is her Christian business podcast. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. This is the Christian Business Podcast, and I have an amazing guest today. I have Todd Edwards. Todd Edwards is a leader in Bride Ministry. He leads our uh, bi-weekly Saturday at 10 a.m. Bible study, and he has an extensive career in business. And I'm actually going to let him talk a little bit about his background in a second, but just please welcome to the podcast, Todd. Thank you so much for giving us a little bit of your time, and I'm super excited to have you on and discuss some of these things today. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Christian. And another opportunity to speak uh, about different ways to live our Christian lives uh, in in bride ministry is through business. So I'm really glad you're doing this. A little bit of background of me. I've been in business more than I've been in ministry. I've been in business for over 30 years. So it really dates me along with my uh, bald head, I think. Uh, But I started off with an engineering background, went to Cornell University, uh, in engineering. Uh, at that time, I also got a, an internship while I was designing ECG machines in a medical, in a medical company. And as part of that, uh, con- those connections, that developed into my first job. Uh, so I started off in medical sales, high-end medical equipment in hospitals. I didn't know that I was going to get into the hospital field, but actually I've been into that ever since. So I've been in there for 30 years. Uh, over the course of time, I've been in I've done sales, um, I've done downstream marketing, which is really marketing and messaging. I've done upstream marketing, which is uh, doing product development and specifications. I've led engineering teams. Um, I've done uh, M&A types of projects where I've helped buy companies uh, for General Electric. Uh, That was uh, 25 years of my career, Uh, all of GE. Uh, I've done a lot of integrations of cultures, which has been very fascinating, A a lot of experience there. Um, helped develop a few businesses within GE as well, consulting business and also a government business. Um, I've run consulting teams. Um, I've run sales teams. Um, one of my favorite jobs toward the end of my career at GE was uh, leading all of GE into the DOD and the VA, into federal businesses, and have some amazing stories about that. Uh, since then, that was seven years ago that I left GE and have now started a 
IT company for hospitals. And we're growing, we're about 45 employees and, and uh, continuing to grow faster and faster. So a lot of different experiences uh, really in, a, I think, a short period of time considering all that 30 years. Uh, so that's a little bit about my background. And then for, for those of you that don't know, I uh, met Dan and Christian about five years ago and have been with uh, Bribe Movement as, as, a, as a volunteer ever since. So that's a little bit about my background, Christian. Very, very cool. Um, one of the teachings that you have is on the seven mountains. So I would love for you to just kind of talk about the seven mountains, what they are, um, which isn't obviously something that you, you know, kind of created, but it's something that you talk about and how the Lord has positioned you to sit on several of those mountains almost simultaneously. Right. And I know this, this actually goes back to not only the seven mountains to Dan's teaching, but another teaching in general, which is so important is when people think about their own identity and their role within the body of Christ, uh, most people in an organized church think about being a pastor or a worship leader or uh, a volunteer uh, in, the, in the youth ministry, etc. There's only a few jobs. And what I want to share the rest of the time today regarding the seven mountains and that topic is that when you're in a, uh, a mentality of your whole life is ministry, then all of a sudden you can start to see different aspects of that unfold. For example, uh, being in business and having a ministry mindset throughout business, I get to sit in a religious mountain. I get to sit in a business economic mountain. I get to sit because of my job also gets into politics. I also get into culture. So there's a lot of different aspects that all of a sudden you get to connect with way outside of what a boxed church does in a boxed mentality of what your role could be. So that has been uh, very much on the top of my mind. I don't look at work as, as a certain period of my life. And then I come home and I have a certain period of my life. And then I have a weekend as a certain period of my life. Everything flows together. I'm the same personality. I have the same mentality of Christ uh, throughout my workday, throughout my weekend. Uh, there is no turning on and off. And that helps me then navigate um, one mountain to another, and they actually start to cross. And there's very few people that then start to cross in that aspect, but all of a sudden now you can start looking at things very differently. So, so that's something I've, I've always kept in mind, and I've got, I think God has brought me more and more mindful of that as the years have gone on. Very, very cool. One of the reasons why I really wanted to interview Todd for this is because I didn't want all the podcasts to be around entrepreneurs or startups of people who, you know, have a business idea and want to bring it to fruition. That's all great. There's some podcasts about that. But one of the things that I think Todd does um, incredibly, has an incredible, unique gift in ministry in is integrating the faith and the pursuit of business in the context of a corporation, corporate America, a corporate environment, or an employer. Obviously, you're a part owner of this, but also just in that context. And so um, what I would love for you to do is just to discuss how the Lord just begin to show you how to integrate your faith with the pursuit of business. How did that journey begin for you? When did that awaken for you that this is something that should be integrated? And how did that start looking when you were first starting out? Yeah, you know, Kristen, that's, that's a gr great um, different mindset, distinction of the mindset of an entrepreneur and being in a corporate life. And what I mean by that is if we take that and talking about crossing seven mountains, 
So let's take that economic mountain of entrepreneurship or corporate life and then also bring it to the religious mountain, supposedly, right? Um, what does the body of Christ really look like? It doesn't look like a bunch of silos. It doesn't look like a bunch of entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. a bunch of individuals. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be a cohesive body. Therefore, for, for those people listening to the podcast that are in the corporate world, and the corporate world doesn't mean necessarily a super big company. If you're around a lot of the people, you're in a model that is similar to the body, and you need to figure out how to navigate through that. So having that corporate experience also allows people the, the platform to practice. Yes, it is practice. Um, actually practice being in the body. So some lessons that I, and I wrote down a few lessons so that I don't forget all of all these things, Christian, that I just kind of hammer through them a little bit. Um, one of the things about service in the, corp, in the corporate environment is you really do learn how organizational culture and hierarchy exist. And you have to be able to operate in that. And that means you have to learn how to be a servant. That also applies to the body because the body has structure as well. And the corporate world has structure. And to, to uh, align with that and to come understanding on that helps you understand how the body operates and how heaven operates. A lot of times people get thrust in the corporate environment and you start kicking against that. You start rebelling against it. Well, in a way, that's kind of rebelling against principalities, rulers of the heavens, and you're not coming under proper alignment. So that's something that, that I, I've thought about. Um, I remember in your last uh, business podcast with Rachel, you spoke about worldly and heavenly gates. In the corporate environment, if, you're, if you do well, you will be presented opportunities to advance that are both godly and ungodly. And you really need to have discernment about that. There's going to be opportunities to do projects, to have relationships, to have advancements that are godly and ungodly. You really have to have discernment about it. Um, there, there are many things that I've turned down in, in the corporate world uh, because I was not going to do the things that they wanted me to do. And I knew that it was not that I, was I wasn't supposed to be doing that and also was a bad witness. So you do have choices all the time. Um, one of the things that you also have to learn in the corporate environment is, is where to go along and learn because God does place these situations in our lives to learn. And then where you're not supposed to, where it actually is a temptation. For example, um, I was always asked, well, what, what's your five-year personal plan? And this was from a business standpoint. And most of the people that I work with did not like my answer. My answer was typically, I, I, whatever God leads, because <laughs> you can have a plan, and this is part of having a vision where your end destination is, but how you get there in the timing of it, unless God reveals that to you, you really don't know. So you can play along in the corporate environment with a five-year plan, but sometimes you have to also just put in a little bit of faith and speak the word of God into people. Um, another thing, take advantage of the divine connections in the corporate environment. So many divine connections has, has taken place. Um, I, I look at, especially because of my job throughout my career, both uh, as an entrepreneur and also in the corporate environment, I was traveling all the time. And if I was traveling, that meant God had a purpose for it. God, where are we going? Who are we going to meet? And the divine connections are always there if you keep your eyes open for them. Uh, being being a, a someone who travels, 
uh, you do really get to speak and meet a lot of people. And God is sending you there as an ambassador. We're ambassadors of Christ. So we're really ambassadors being paid through our corporate jobs to go be ambassadors of Christ as long as, as well as the corporate stuff. Um, another thought that I, I, I had that I wanted to share in the spirit, when you're spiritually minded in the business world, you get insights that most others don't. You can get a feel of what's going on in the spirit around people. You can also get a feel of where the Holy Spirit wants to take you, not only as an individual or as a team, but also as a corporate direction. And what I've had to learn, and I have not done this well, but I'm learning, 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 is God will give me a vision. And even though it's right, if I declare that or try to move a team or an organization in that direction, without explaining it to them, it's frustrating to them because they don't know why we're doing this. They're not on board. And it's frustrating to me because then my reaction is, ah, they're not getting it. So having spiritual insight in a corporate environment, working with others, you always need to think, okay, so what's, how do I play out then how I got to those thoughts? How do I bring others along with me? Uh, so that's something that I've had to to think about being spiritual and in the corporate piece. Um, a lot of other things I can go 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 into, Christian. Uh, I'll let me, let me have a couple couple more things. Um, be excellent for everything. If if you are representing Jesus Christ, be excellent to the best of your ability in everything you do. And I know that this sounds really simple. And I'm going to say some really simple things. But a lot of people are not trained in some of the basics of being in a corporate environment. How do you dress? One of the first books that I read coming out of college was How to Dress for Success. And that means actually dressing neutral. What you, do, what you want to do is not offend people. And with all the different viewpoints and all the different cultural feels of how you dress and how, how you present yourself, you don't want to offend um, a 70-year-old, a 20-year-old, a male, a female, someone from different culture, you want to be neutral. It sounds simple, but really that's how you need to present yourself in the corporate world. How do you talk? Most people have a language maybe that they grew up with or that they hang out with their friends, and then it's hard to turn it on corporately. You really need to talk clean and, again, neutral with everybody. Um, Watch what you're doing in terms of alcohol and smoking. You're being a representative of Christ everywhere you go. So if I'm out to eat with, with people, if I'm, ha- if I'm having a lunch with somebody, I'm representing Christ in how I eat and how I present myself. Um, having no appearance of evil. If there's something around you that you don't feel is right, excuse yourself. Get out of that way. I'll give you one example from, from me. Um, being a, a married man, I don't get in situations uh, with one-on-one with females in a closed environment. It's just something that I've always protected myself on because I don't want to have the appearance of evil, even though there may not be anything there. So l- little things like that, we need to be excellent in everything that we do. It's easy to say, oh, here's all the, how the way that you preach the gospel, but be excellent in your appearance, be excellent in your speech, be excellent in how you represent yourself, because what we don't understand is how much people really know who true believers are. 
You don't have to say very much to be a believer. They know where the truth is coming from. They know where wisdom is coming from. So therefore, they're, they're always going to be evaluating you. It's not a negative thing. It's actually a really positive thing. So I'll, I'll stop there for a second. Yeah, that's really good. It's so funny because, you know, I was trained, you know, in corporate America, talking about the way you, your speech and the way you talk, to be very precise and answer the question directly. No more, no less. And um, just during this ministry trip, I realized how different pastors talk in the church, which is mm. they're, they talk around. It's a, it's a much more um, elongated explanation. And they may not actually answer your question directly, but there's some type of um, metaphor, something that they're bringing out. And we had a, a panel of um, it was four of us uh, discussing. So it was Todd, Rachel, Daryl, and, and me, and they were asking questions in Q&A. And even Dan and I, we had a Q&A. And the difference between the way our pattern of speech and the way we address the question, it really revealed what it's like to be trained in a corporation and what it's like to be trained in ministry. And the economy of words doesn't really serve you in the church because you have to fill up 45 minutes or an hour. <laughs> it's like, and the answer is yep. just like, yes. You know, and then two sentences and then you move it on, right? Because that's what you're used to doing in the corporate environment is provide a soundbite. So that's really cool. One of the things that I wanted to explore with you a little bit more because you, you, you hit this and it's really important because um, it's really hard to do this. So you talked about how to let the Holy Spirit lead in business decisions and bringing mm. your team or your boss along with you in those decisions particularly if they're counterintuitive and they don't necessarily make sense from a natural perspective. Can you explain a little bit more how to do that effectively? Because there are a lot of people who want to incorporate what their Holy Spirit is telling them to do in business, but they don't know how to steward that in the context of the people around them. Right. Yeah, no, great, great, great point. So you don't go and tell your business colleagues, hey, I had a dream. And the Holy Spirit showed up <laughs> and Jesus appeared at my footstep and the angels came in. No, you're going to scare everybody off and they're going to think you're nuts. And we know that. Uh, so, so there are some business principles to it. Uh, one is watching your language. Uh, so I, I'm careful on, on how I speak and what my vocabulary is uh, amongst the, the bride tribe group, amongst my home and then amongst business. Uh, so you do need to watch your language uh, and, and then adjust. Uh, but there's also some other things, and, and, and that is I got I, I was fortunate to be trained um, in GE with a lot of leadership uh, structure, um, how to become a good change agent. Um, I actually uh, help uh, hospital organizations and leaderships how to become better leaders and how to run their finances and how to raise up people, how to establish vision. So that this really helps. Uh, but a couple of, of things on how, how to do it. Um, thinking about change and getting people along with you. The first thing that needs to be addressed is having a shared need. And this is going to sound like very business speak, but it can be applied everywhere. In fact, I use these same principles um, throughout the years when Eliani and I have had small groups at home because my, my mentality is, oh, this is what God gives me. Boom, take off. But if you're only running with yourself, you're not really helping the rest of the body. So you need to bring the body along with you. So first of all, identify a shared need. What, why are we here? What are we supposed to be doing? The second thing is establish a vision. 
and establishing the vision sounds simple, and it really is in terms of uh, how much time it takes, but it is necessary to continue to repeat it because people do need to hear it over and over again. So if I have an idea of where I'm supposed to go because God told me, okay, guys, what do we need to do together? What's important? Okay, now here's where we go. Third is the most critical to me, and that's mobilizing commitment. And mobilizing commitment is emotionally getting someone engaged to go on the journey with you. Identifying um, the the business approach, identifying the project. Um, We have to go and and build this information into our sales CRM. Why do people need to get mobilized? Well, you need to have a shared need. You need to have the vision, then what's the buy-in? This is where being a leader is real important. You need to do it yourself. You need to have a belief in it, and then you bring others along with you. It's one thing leading, it's another thing managing. So having mobilizing commitment is really important. And that's, that's what takes the most amount of time. Uh, then eventually you get into how you have systems and structures to establish that. So when I'm thinking about a vision that God has given me in a business environment, I immediately start working backwards and say, okay, who's around me? Why do they want to do this? Why would they want to get there? I know where I want to get there because God told me but why do they want to get there? Why is this important? God's not going to give you something that is not good for them too. So why are we going to get there? And I start expressing that and I start talking about it. Even though I might already have the vision of where we're going, I try to get the people's input on creating the vision or recreating it, expressing it in their own words. This is frustrating as an engineer internally for me and against my nature, but it's it's helped me in small groups. It's helped me in the body of Christ to have these kinds of principles and also from the business world on how to slow down, establish a vision, because it's more important that we all get there rather than I get there by myself. Once the vision is created with their own words, all right, now why are we, now how, how are we going to commit to each other? How are we going to hold each other accountable? And that's the mobilizing commitment. So those kinds of principles are always in, in my mind, uh, Christian, e- even uh, if the Holy Spirit gives me something really direct, and then I need to establish that in a business standpoint. That's really good. I, I actually worked on change management too when I first got out of school for massive technology implementations. And one of the things that they talk about is the burning platform and drawing people's attention to the real need that's on fire so that people have a sense of urgency around change because change in human nature is just difficult. It's not really what people do unless they have to. And so it's always pointing people to the burning platform. I just want to add to that before we move on is one of the things that I struggled with in the corporate environment was a God-given intuition about the right answer that was pretty, pretty right on in terms of this way or this way. I really think we should do this. I really think this is the way, you know, I really leading a project. This is probably the way, but it usually outstripped my ability to articulate it. And so what I had to learn to do, and this is the same thing with hearing from the Holy Spirit or getting um, Holy Spirit downloads in the context of a corporation is sit with it and not Mm. just say, this is the right answer. Why? Because I said so. And the Holy Spirit told me it's just sit with your hunch, sit with your insight, and allow the Holy Spirit, because if he can give you the end, he can give you the in-between. 
to say, okay, but why is that? How can I walk people through that? Okay, this, because, you know, this is E, give me the steps and logic to help people understand why this is the right answer. And so along with the things you, you mentioned about, you know, really the change management principles to, to um, coordinate people into a particular vision, here are some steps that you can take. Just make sure to um, ask the Holy Spirit to fill in the gaps in your understanding and um, for your intuition. Because otherwise, um, you can be intuition rich, but explanation poor, and it actually reduces your credibility and your ability to actually engage people and get people on your side. Yeah, that's right. You know, another thing that comes to mind as you, you said that is there is heavenly alignment with natural alignment and authority. And even though as believers, we've been given incredible heavenly authority, in order to manifest it in the work environment on earth, it also has to align with our natural authority. So what is the, the realm or the scope of influence that I have with people uh, with a business, uh, with a customer base, with a market. That's the realm or the, the scope of authority in the natural that I can have heaven come and align with. And if you have a vision or an idea that's out of your natural scope, you can still get it done. But now instead of just being able to have the authority to drive it through, now you need to learn how to influence. Mm -hmm. And that is more difficult. Mm -hmm. Right. As an entrepreneur, you don't have to influence anybody other than your customers. You just do it. <laughs> As a corporate person, you have to serve, you have to influence, you have to lead, you have to manage. There's a lot of different interaction roles that you have. So when you, you, you describe that, uh, I was thinking about authority, giving a, uh, give one example. Uh, so we have a, a very large, we have a, there's a very large uh, prestigious uh, hospital in the country. I won't give a name to it, but everybody would know it as soon as they heard it. Top three prestigious facilities in, in the country. And I am usually involved in all of our big deals, all kinds of big relationships I'm involved with. This one I was not. And this one, uh, two people were involved. Uh, one that was is a very um, strong believer, uh, although he doesn't have as much authority as the person above him. So the person above him was had the natural authority, even though the spiritual man has more spiritual authority. He could only exercise it to the extent that he was given to him. The account started to go sideways. The spiritual person asked me to come in and get involved and just pray because my authority overrode his boss's authority in the natural. So now I can bring my spiritual authority in. We prayed for about 10 minutes. At the end of the 10 minutes, he gets a phone call from the customer. The whole situation is taken care of. Wow. We were about to be kicked out of an account. In 10 minutes of exercising and aligning spiritual authority to natural authority, immediately turned the account around. Wow. That happened about a month ago. So having that kind of alignment is real, real important. And then, then you start to understand why you get frustrated because maybe you go beyond your scope. Mm -hmm of your natural authority, even though you have a lot of heavenly authority. And believe me, I have, I, that has been such a lesson for me is to limit my heavenly authority within my natural authority. Because you know, Christian, you, you and Dan and, and people and Brian, we have incredible authority in the cosmos across timelines, 
but the natural scope of our jobs is this. Mm. And if we try to be, go beyond that, we get frustrated and we also cause damage to That's others. So good. I love um, it because but, I think everybody, I'm going to let you continue, is getting calibration as, you, as you're speaking because um, people haven't actually thought about their spiritual authority in the context of their natural authority. Now, with listening to this, you think about it in that context, but now start to mm -hmm. calibrate it. Make sure you're operating well within, because some people are operating, they're not actually taking advantage of all the spiritual authority they have or the natural authority, and some people are outside the bounds. And so I just pray that as you hear this, you start to evaluate what's going on with you in the context of your job and make sure you're in proper alignment. Go ahead. I just wanted to say that. that no, right, right on. It's, it's just like we have to get alignment of our spirit, soul, and body. And we need to have alignment of our natural authority and our heavenly authority. Um, a person that many of you guys know, Stephen um, Bellata. Stephen works uh, for me. And Stephen and I were in prayer a few weeks ago. And God gave us the vision, both of us simultaneously, of a garden. And we all know in the Bible about we're, we're a garden and God tends to our garden. And that's a place of intimacy, almost like the, the Garden of Eden. And there's all kinds of scriptures about that. I always viewed the garden as it was me. I, I was the different plants in there and God was tending to them. And the different types of plants, different types of flowers, those were all different characteristics and different components of my being. And what he showed us, because we were in prayer, not about us, not even in a, like a spiritual way we were in prayer. We were actually praying for work. What God showed us both together, and it was shocking to me, is that my garden is filled with all of the cross realms with everybody else. I wasn't just all of the garden. I was a piece of the garden. And then Christian has a plant in my garden. Dan has a plant in my garden. My colleagues have a plant in my garden. My customers and all my relationships have plants in my garden. And I wasn't tending to them like I was tending to my relationship with God in the garden. Mm -hmm. And they're all interconnected. They feed from the same source, the living water and the sun and the bread of heaven. They're connected in the same soil. So if I don't tend to the other components of my garden, which means my colleagues, my boss, my employees, my family, my customers, the market around me, my ministry, all of these things, parts of my garden are unbalanced and don't grow the way they should. Hmm. And we saw that in the spirit. And it was, it was very humbling to see, wow, we're not tending to the other parts of our garden the way we should. And that's part of the alignment that we're talking about. That's really good. That's really good. So I want to shift gears a little bit because just about every month that we just talk, we don't talk very often, but when we talk over the phone, you're giving us testimony after testimony about how God is unlocking things in your business, but also um, how you're actually able to minister to people in your business. You know, you travel a lot, you go to a lot of uh, conferences for work. And even in that context, God is using you to bring the kingdom of God. So I just wanted you to just talk about some of these stories about your ability, whether it's on the plane or at a conference or at work, how you actually bring kingdom into your workplace. 
it, it, it's amazing when you, you pray for opportunity, divine appointments, and they happen. And uh, one of my colleagues uh, used to say, Todd, I, I, it's incredible. He used, used words like that are unbelievable. And now he's like, yeah, this happens every time I travel with Todd. We're going to have this connection. We're going to have this conversation. It just always happens because that's what God wants us to do all the time. Uh, and he takes us through different seasons. So I'll, I'll, I'll give a few examples. Um, simple things, but then also connection components. Uh, so, so as one example, I, I go into a, a hospital, which is going to meet with a new customer with a colleague of mine. And it's the end of the day. Uh, the customer, female, uh, she looks just tired. It, it looked like I had a rough day. And I asked her, how, how are things going? Well, I just met with my executive team, and they're, they're beating me up on numbers and costs. And I have this project that's, that's behind, and I got to get these people straightened out. And we're the last meeting, the last appointment of her day before she goes home. I mean, that's not a good place to be in from a business side. She probably just wants to get rid of us. Well, why are we even here for the meeting? Let's just go home. So she takes us into her office. And as we sit down, and this is also part of being aware. So I'm always looking for the mercy of God. Okay, why am I here? What are we supposed to do? God, do you have a message for somebody? And I'm looking around to see what he's speaking to me about. And I'm observing in her office, she has scripture. She has pictures of her kids. You know, here's the background of her platform of uh, what her education is. I'm gathering all this information. My colleague, who, who I'm, I'm, he works for me, but I'm honoring him, and I want him to take the lead. That's also another thing. When you really need to be aware of how to work with one another, um, I don't have to be the lead all the time. In fact, I'd rather have other people be the lead so I can coach them and so that they can do it on their own, right, teaching people to fish. So I want him to be the lead. He sits down. He kind of leans back in the chair, crosses his, his, his leg like in a guy, guy crossing leg with his, his uh, foot up, pulls out a notebook, and starts asking questions. So what about this? What do you guys do about this? What? It's totally not connecting. And I lean across the desk, and I say, wait a minute. I'm not going to use her name, but what did God speak to you about this morning? My opening line, what did God speak to you? She looked at me just stunned because God told me, interrupt and ask this question. And she said, well, he was sharing with me this passage, and I'm really wrestling with it. And I had a chance to open up and share with her more of the good news. And her name actually is a, is a, is a word in English that's very powerful, uh, it, it, that, that means you know, grace, mercy, love, those kinds of things. It's one of those names. And I said, this is what it means to you. This is your character trait. And, and God gave, started giving me prophetic words that were spoken into her. And all of a sudden she lit up. Mm. We didn't even talk about, uh, talk about business. I sent her a quotation afterwards. She signed it. We got the deal done. Had nothing to do with it. It's those kind of interpersonal things that I'm looking at. Okay, why am I here? Why are you sending me? Because I look at myself as I'm an ambassador of God. I don't have very much time on the earth. So God, make me efficient. If he sent me there, there's a reason for it. So that, that's an example. Um, because I'm in the plane a lot, have a lot of good plane stories. One of my favorite ones, though, was a long time ago. And there's, you'll, you'll uh, know why I want to share this uh, when I'm done. It was in the mid-90s, and this was uh, a war in Bosnia and Yugoslavia was taking place. And I got a call on Friday before uh, an Easter, Easter weekend. So it was Good Friday. 
that I needed to be in Germany. I needed to fly the next day. And I needed to be in Germany on Sunday. Just business-wise, get Todd, get over here. So I go over to Germany, and I am upset. I'm like, why do I need to do this? This, this is going to be a waste of time. They're going to fly me in. I'm going to fly all the way back. And you know how it is with uh, jet lag. And, and, and why did they have me do this at the last minute? And I'm going to miss my family because we're all gathering on Sunday. Why am I going to do this? And I'm complaining. And I'm complaining, I'm grousing the whole way. And I have a connection through Cincinnati and then on to uh, Frankfurt. And we stop in Cincinnati, and now it's night because the flight's going to be overnight. And I have uh, nobody next to me, and I'm very excited about that. Good, I can sleep, I can just kind of focus, I can pray, I can zone out. And people are starting to come in from Cincinnati and board our plane, and there's this one guy that's talking. No, 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 talking the whole time as he's coming down the aisle. And sure enough, and I'm thinking, don't sit next to me. Sure enough, he sits next to me. Like, okay, this is going to be a long flight. God, is there any reason for this? As I start communicating with him, he starts to tell me he's on his way into the, the war theater, into Yugoslavia, and he's a linguist. Hmm. A linguist because he speaks Russian, he speaks Serb, and he speaks English, and he's there to go into the front lines as a linguist, and he's scared, totally scared. We keep talking, and, we, and I find out that he, he wasn't stationed in Cincinnati, but he went to Cincinnati before he was deployed to talk to his dad, who was a pastor. And his dad brought him to church on Friday night and, and said and asked him to come forward and give his life to Christ, and he said no. And now he's off to war and he's scared. He doesn't know, he doesn't know what's going on. He just knows he has to go on the front lines. About a half hour into this, we're over the Atlantic. Now, as we flew over the Atlantic, we're over the Atlantic. And this is in the time where um, they had actually had phones in the back of the, the seats. He comes to Christ, breaks into tears. His spirit is broken. He becomes born again. And I said, you've got to tell your dad. Because he may not be able to communicate with his dad for weeks. And now his dad, who's a pastor, his son just denied Christ, is go, about to go into war, doesn't know what's going on. I picked up the phone, put my credit card through it, and said, you got to call your dad. He calls his dad, and his dad's just ecstatic. And his dad, I, I end up speaking to the dad over the, <laughs> over the Atlantic. And, and the guy gets born again as he goes into war. So those kinds of things, um, it yeah, just happens over and over and over again. If, if we just keep, uh, keep aware, aware about that. Um, but it's also little stuff too. Uh, for example, we pray over every communication that we have uh, with customers or with meetings. And give you an ex example of this recently, we have someone that is trying to get appointments for us uh, in the marketplace. And she was in this one particular territory where she was struggling to get in. She made over a hundred calls and got no appointments. And I know cold calling is tough. So two of us start to pray over this territory and just for a couple of hours. And God gave me, here's who you need to contact and here's who you get the appointments with. But I don't want you to do it. I want you to give it to her so that she can see the success and she can have the testimony. I give her five, she, remember, keep in mind, she con contacted over 100 people, got zero. I give her five names, she gets three. Wow. I give her three more names, she gets two. Wow. So spiritually, 
you're going to be a lot more efficient if you do what God says to do rather than doing it in your own effort. All the time. And that means in work as well. So, Christian, I got a whole bunch of examples, but those keep are a going. couple. No, no, keep going. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, hiring people. I, I pray who we're going to hire. And what's been um, really interesting and amazing, because God's always amazing, is he gives me insight on who's going to be a good candidate or not real quickly. Within a few minutes, I, I, I know, because of the Holy Spirit. Um, our first... Um, our first uh, hire was uh, for, for sales was Stephen, and uh, God gave me his name. Stephen's now our number one salesperson. So keep, keep, keep that in mind. I'll share an, another, another one. Since I'm in hospital, I get, to, I get to be around sick people all the time. And I remember Willie um, having a conversation with Willie at a conference. And I said, Willie, how do you start, how do you just start working and, and raising people, calling people from the dead? She said, Todd, well, you need to be around dead people. I'm not around a whole lot of dead people, but I am around a lot of sick people in hospitals. So here, here's one. I only pray really how I feel led. And if God tells me to pray for someone, I pray for them. I don't run around and pray for everybody. Uh, I've, I've learned that. I've tried that. It doesn't work. It's in my own effort. Uh, so one example is I, I was in a uh, cancer hospital and I wasn't there for a patient. I was there for business. And one person came up to us and was just despondent, and I knew that we needed to speak to her. Not a, not a business setting, not a potential customer, but a patient. And it was, it was the mom of a patient. And we asked her what was going on, and she said, my son is going in for experimental surgery tomorrow, 22 years old, has cancer in the lymph nodes all over his body. And what they're going to try to do is to do surgery on all of the lymph nodes throughout his body. This is like a, a, a 12 to 16 hour procedure just to start with. And she said, I, we don't have any other options. He's just gonna, he's gonna do this. We prayed with her in the hospital. We didn't go into the room with the son. He was being prepped and going through some tests for the next day's surgery. We prayed with the mom. I wanted to go back there the next day spoke to the mom. The boy went in for surgery. A 22-year-old guy went in for surgery for an hour. They spent an hour searching for the cancer. Whoa. They couldn't find it. Wow. Now, cancer in the lymph nodes, it's all over your body. Gone. Completely gone. They, they spent an hour in surgery just looking, what did we do wrong? This is good. Or did we do medical malpractice? Did we misdiagnose? What happened? <laughs> So th those kinds of things take, take place uh, as well. There was a lady on a plane uh, not too long ago that uh, was seeing her family for one last time before she went back home uh, and having uh, some, some major uh, cancer chemotherapy because she had adult leukemia. And she was sharing with me her story and she was in tears and I was praying, God, do you, do you, do you want to do something here? He said, oh, yes, I want to show up. Is it in the airplane or after we land? Because if we do this in the airplane, it's kind of quiet in here. Oh, no, no, we're going to do this on the airplane. And I started to, to pray with her, and I said, you mind if I speak in tongues? She was okay with it. I don't even know if she knew what that meant. I started speaking in tongues out loud 
I mean, I was doing aggressive warfare on a plane. So like five rows in front, five rows behind us could see, could hear everything was going on. And I'm praying for her with my hand on her and I'm speaking in tongues out loud. She starts shaking and trembling and electricity just going through her body. I never saw her afterwards, but I know everything changed because she was just a completely different person. And I, I was, I was, I knew that that happened. I was actually more curious as what we once we uh, deboarded, um, if anybody else wanted prayer. <laughs> and everybody just kind of closed their eyes and looked down at me. <laughs> but she, she was lit up. She was super excited. So yeah, that that kind of stuff happens all the time. One more um, kind of not so dramatic um, example. This happened about two weeks ago. Uh, I was traveling with a couple of colleagues and I was going to let them go into a meeting and I was going to stay back in a hotel getting ready for my next meeting. And as I woke up in the morning, the Holy Spirit said, you need to go to that meeting. Prayed about it again. Okay, I'll go. But there's, I don't want to be a third person. That seems like a lot to go into a customer meeting, but I'll, I'll go. As soon as we get in there, I get into the, the administrator's office. There's scriptures on the wall. There's all these things going on. I'm like, yep, this is, this is the right place. I need to be here. And sure enough, I get into the meeting, and I used to play basketball in college. The, the administrator, the, the, the chief, um, he had basketball things all over his walls. We had a 30-minute meeting. 20 minutes was talking about basketball. And I was with two non-basketball players, Non, two non-basketball player females, they would have never had that connection with him. And we just started t rattling off names because we were kind of the same era and, and, and all of that. Because I listened to the Holy Spirit, I showed up at the meeting. Now we have a business deal because of that. We, we do need to be mindful all the time in prayer. Mm. So those are some examples. That's so good. From what I hear for the, for the audience, there are just a, a lot of themes that run through what Todd is sharing in terms of testimonies. One is God cares about every detail of our lives. He cares. He's not just at the macro, he's in the micro. So I mean that from the context of God cares about your sickness and what you're going through. He's always looking for a way to show up. Sometimes people don't actually take charge and respond to the call. They're carrying within them a healing anointing. They're carrying within them the word of direction or encouragement for you, but maybe they're not, they're not actually um, saying yes to what God's doing. Thank God Todd, Todd said yes, but he also cares about your business deals. He cares about your salvation, but he cares about the business deals. Another thing that I, that I'm just hearing from this is, you know, when you are faithful and obedient to do the things that God called you to do or asked you to do, he blesses it, right? Mm -hmm. If you take care of his business, he's going to take care of yours. And that's something that we can all take with us, whether or not we're working at a nursing home or working at a consulting firm, no matter where we are, we can take that with us. Um, the third thing is, I think Todd has um, one of the toughest jobs because I've done, he's done in terms of consulting and traveling every week and I hated it. And I was like 22, 23. I didn't have a family and kids and a wife or husband at the time. And, but I love the way um, he uses every single, the Lord will use every single way in which our life is organized, the way our life is structured. Todd's doing this because he loves it, but he also has to take care of his family, has responsibilities. But God can breathe on any area of our lives, no matter how difficult it is, if we 
are um, working as an EMT or a, or a police officer, there isn't a place where God can't move and breathe on it. Even if you have the graveyard shift, there's always a purpose. And I love the way Todd just tells these stories and what he's giving you is probably not even like a 10th or, or like of the stories he has because he always has them all the time because he's living a purpose-driven life where he's always asking God, what are we trying to do in this situation? No matter how tough it is or uncomfortable it is for him, you know, and I just love that because that's some of the things we can take away from from your, some of your stories and in, in terms of how God really moves. So when we talk about kingdom business, I talk about it a lot that, you know, we're kingdom citizens and we're bringing that into our work environment. This is what it looks like. I think Todd is like by far one of the best examples that I've seen of what it looks like to bring it into, to bring the kingdom into your business. Unfortunately, when I was in the corporate world, I was, I thought everything was completely separate you know, my name's Christian, but I don't necessarily tell you anything else about my faith. You know, <laughs> like that's about as far as you need to know. Um, I'm going to, like he said, not be offensive, look the part, play along, you know, not, you know, not rock the boat. And I just love to hear his boldness around um, just obeying God and being respected for it because there's fruit, um, you know, there. And I think that's why Todd's able to get away with so much because bearing the fruit for his company and bearing the fruit for the people he's ministering to. So thank you so no, much. That's, that's a great point, Kristen. That, and that goes back to being excellent. It, it's tough to have a good witness if you're a bad employee. You have to be a good employee. You have to be excellent in whatever you're doing. And, I, and I've shared this with, with my kids over and over again. I don't expect them to be the best. I expect them to do their best. And, and that's what God wants us to do. And another thing is you were uh, sh sharing some of those things that I, I felt led to encourage people on is you do not have to be in a righteous Christian business in order to operate like this. Yeah. I didn't share all the details, but I have been in the healthcare industry, which is one of, to me, one of the most anti-faith businesses mm -hmm. in the country. And now the business that I operate I didn't share this, but I'll share it now. It's a pharmacy IT. I mean, pharmacy in Greek means pharmakia, which is witchcraft. So I'm in Babylon, but I'm not of Babylon. Mm -hmm. And God sends us to all corners of the earth to go find his lost sheep. So for all of you that are out there, wherever he's placed you, that's your mission. And where is your garden? Pay attention to where the garden is. Because everybody, you have to be somewhere. Joseph was in Egypt. Daniel was in Babylon. We get sent to, to the ends of the earth, and someone has to go there. I'm, I'm being sent into hospital and pharmacy and thinking, what? This is a mess. Why shouldn't, shouldn't all Christians leave? Well, if all Christians left, then no one would be there to preach the gospel to them. So be encouraged of where God has placed you, and that is your ministry. Oh, I love that. I think that's that in itself is just, I'm so happy you shared that breakthrough for people because um, in the church, we talk about being a pastor or being in ministry as like the in state and the job that they're in is like the in between until they get into ministry because that's their highest and best use. But you, I think where you are doing exactly what you're doing every day, getting on a plane, being in three cities in a week, that is the highest and best use. Not because of just the job you're performing, 
but who you are in that context. And so that's really powerful. I will, I'll bring this back to courts of heaven. When Todd has a greater authority to speak on behalf of healthcare, IT field and where it's going and hospitals and um, the pharmaceutical industry than I have sitting in my position or Daniel has sitting in his position because he has right. an entrance, he has a, a gate, he has a throne, a place of power in that industry that allows him to be a reformer in the way that people who are not cannot. And so in many ways, you have, you have a greater authority than a pastor would to affect your mountain. And that goes for everyone who's listening. If you, it doesn't matter what industry you're in, if it's the food industry, if you're working at a restaurant, be encouraged to know that God has put you there for a certain reason. Listen to his voice about why, but also understand there's an authority that we carry during reformation in that area. And are you listening for what God is really saying? So I just want to encourage people who are listening as well. Yeah, that's so good, Kristen. And, and, and I, because think about in being in the pharmacy industry and all of the things that are just wrong with pharmacy in general, I now have authority in the spirit, as we get customers over every customer in the country, over Mayo Clinic, Cleveland Clinic, Duke University, Mass General, Brigham and Women's. And these are all places now where I can start exercising authority where I couldn't before. And you don't just have to fight the pharmaceutical industry in the spirit or from the top of the pharmaceuticals. What if I knock off the supply chain because now I have authority in how it's being how it's being sent to the patients. So that's kind of the position that God takes people in. And I also want to share this too. Um, don't God's patient with you. Don't be impatient with you. Mm-hmm. If God's patient for with, with you, you need to be patient with yourself. You're not going to have that authority in the natural instantly because he wants you to be able to have the character to handle what he puts on your shoulders. And it will come with time, but he's planting seeds all in, across all business industries. And that's where you start getting the alignment. And now you start bringing that kingdom alignment into the business uh, mountain. That's so good. I think there's a lot of life on this podcast. And I think there's a lot of breakthrough in thinking for people about where God has actually positioned them and um, a settling, just, just a settling. God speak through people's situations and where they are. Um, before we wrap up, I, I wanted to talk about just a few more things. One is one of the things that I've noticed the first time I met Todd, he, uh, Stephen was with him and you talked a bit about the way you mentor young employees and how you have, I was just impressed about how you just had an amazing impact on a whole generation of young people, just in how you steward your position in, in the work environment and also in the Bible, in the Bible studies that you do. But can you just talk a little bit about um, how you cultivate an environment for people who are younger, new employees just coming in to learn to see God for themselves in their position and how to be led by the spirit as you are led by the spirit? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, thanks for opening that up. Um, There's great leadership principles in the book of Matthew. And what, what Jesus does with the disciples is he calls them out and he establishes that vision for them individually. He then starts to demonstrate to them of how to get there. He performs miracles. He preaches. 
then at some point in time, he had them do it. And they do it well. They don't do it so well. They struggle. And he comes alongside of them and teaches them and builds them up. And that's really a leadership model that, that I try to, to, to use with people because the well-being of the people around me are more important than me. And I say that because I know who I am in Christ. I know that I'm his most beloved. I know he's got me. What I'm trying to do now is focus on them. So I'm more concerned about their journey. So when I think about that, um, you mentioned with, with Stephen, um, everybody's different in how they uh, approach seeing people. For me, God shows me people in almost buildings. And I see different blocks and I see walls, like a building. And I know how high the building is supposed to go, how wide it's supposed to go. And I can see what components need to be changed and what things need to be built up. And these are all character traits, they're experiences. So I have a vision then for an individual like Stephen. Now, Stephen has his own vision, but I also see all these things that could, could take place. So what I'll do with uh, some, someone like him is, okay, Stephen, you know, let's go ahead and now explore how, how to be successful. And come and watch me. And it's the same thing what Jesus did. So this is how I do it. Let me show you a few more times. Let me show you a few more times. All right, next time, you do this portion, I'll do this portion. And in order for a person to learn, as, as a leader, you have to allow them to do it either well or not so well. And don't interrupt. Don't cut them off. People that, that struggle with what I, and I see people trying to minister or, minister or mentor other people is they jump in too soon. Yeah, this is, going, this is not going the right way. I'm going to jump in. I'll just do it myself. No, that actually the other person developing is more important than the actual goal or the task of that meeting. Because if you're doing it in a godly way, God will honor that and bring things to pass. So in Stephen's example, and Stephen wouldn't mind me sharing this. In fact, at some point in time, maybe we even have a podcast. Was Stephen? Stephen could also then share his his point of view too. Uh, there is one particular meeting that I said, "Okay, Stephen, now you're going to take the lead. I'm laying down my authority. You pick up your authority, and I'm going to elevate you. You take the lead." And uh, Stephen was all over the place in this one particular account, and it was because spiritually, he he let his natural take over his spirit. And he got real excited and, and kind of nervous and all these things were taking place, but we let it play out. And then afterwards, we talked about it. Hey, what, Stephen, what did you think? How did it go? What do you think went well? What would you like to do better? And then I'll comment on it. So, all right, next time we'll do that. And he was really disappointed at that meeting. And I said, don't worry about that. God's got our back. And sure enough, we ended up getting that account because we prayed afterwards God, anything that was of you, may it take root. Even if it was just one thing, anything that was not of you, blow it away so they totally forget it. And sure enough, they only remembered what we really hoped they would remember. <laughs> and we ended up getting the account. Now, what happened? We got the account. So that's, that's good for the business. But so many lessons were learned. I learned how to be a better teacher. I learned how to exercise patience. I learned how to honor Stephen. Stephen learned how to, to fail and be honored and then to recover and not to get down about it. There's so many lessons that took place, and God honored that by giving us the business. So those kinds of things happen all the time. 
and we've learned now how to work with one another and also to share this with other people on how honor honoring people, honoring people in your role, honoring people in your role. So as a, a leader, I think about that. Um, and part, part of it is I really am sensitive to leadership and management. Management is getting into the details of, I, okay, what task are you going to do? How are you going to do the task? Let me monitor it. Let me measure the task. Let me analyze the task. A leader is someone who inspires and gets someone motivated to do beyond what they think they could do and not get into the weeds of the task. So I'm less task-oriented, actually, and I'm more leadership-oriented because I know that if I lead really well, the tasks will follow. If I perform tasks and manage tasks, I may lose somebody. They won't be motivated. Yeah. Over the course of time, that won't last. So I'm really mindful of that in, in mentoring people. And what I've also learned is be present. So much of our world right now is, um, you know, I got my phone, I got the computer, and uh, oh, let me check this, let me check that. When I'm with somebody, I'm with somebody. Make eye contact, be present, even if it's someone that just needs to to, to vent on something. They, they, they need support. They need an idea. If they come into my office, I put down what I'm doing, I'm with you. And that's real important in mentorship too. Really listen to people. I, I already know what I'm going to say. I don't know what you're going to say. Mm -hmm. So as much as I'm talking on this podcast or I'm ta talking during teaching, I actually listen a lot more than I speak. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's so good. Really, really helpful points. As we wrap up the podcast, I hope people have been encouraged by this, motivated to, to use prayer as a weapon, as a massive tool uh, in their workplace. Can you just plug your, uh, talk a little bit about your Bible study every other week at 10 a.m. Um, that we do on the Bride Ministries you know, you can find this at bridemovement.com. You can sign up for it. It's free. But can you just talk a little bit about what you do there, how you operate, what's been going on? You've been running it for at least two years now. It's amazing. You just kind of want to share with people a little bit about the podcast if they're interested to get to know you more, sit underneath your ministry. It's the same as what we were talking about. It's about building. And I, I, I see in the body or so within bride tribe and who, who we hang out with together. Okay. Holy spirit. Um, what areas, what bricks need to be built? What walls need to be built? Are there any walls that we need to be torn down? So based on that, uh, we, we dig into all kinds of scriptures. Uh, we just finished off probably about two months of going through first Peter. And for the most part, we go verse by verse. And I'm always amazed of how, God continues to bring revelation, new revelation, fresh revelation uh, to what we need. Um, I'm not someone who has um, all kinds of ideas and thoughts and, and preparations for Bible studies ahead. I'm really reliant on the Holy Spirit. Um, I, I really just pour out what I have. And uh, like right now, I think I know what we're going to do next Saturday, uh, but I'm, I'm still meditating on it and I'm waiting uh, and, the, and God reveals. We, we've done a lot of, we've gone through a lot of uh, great pieces in, in scripture. We've gone through studies um, where it's just been a book. Uh, we've gone through topics. Uh, we've gone through chapters. 
and uh, I love the people in Bride Tribe. It is such a learning environment. To me, uh, that group is who I can, I can express who I am uh, the most freely out of any other groups that I have uh, in my life other than my family because they're hungry, they run with God, and I don't have to filter my language as, as much as I want that, that I want to speak with everybody else about Christ. I can share everything I can uh, on Saturday mornings. So I love that group. And the group loves you, Todd. It really is. Daniel and I sit in when we can. We have to travel during the weekends. And so it's a little bit hard. But when we can, it is such a treat to get Todd's Bible study. There's always new nuggets. He has an incredible revelation and grasp of the scriptures. And you're just learning new things all the time. And it's a great way to foster community because people in there come every week, love each other, love learning. It's very um, um, interrelational in that people are able to speak their mind and say what they think about the scriptures. It's not just Todd, you know, for two hours. Um, but otherwise, I'd encourage you to sign up for that. Um, I'm actually ending the podcast now. If you'd like to hear more from Todd check out the Bible study and he's also going to be at the Bride Tribe Advance as one of the main speakers and that way you'll be able to interact with Todd even more. Otherwise, Todd, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. It has just been incredibly um, insightful and I think people are going to get a lot of breakthrough on this podcast. So thank you so much for your time. Amen. Thanks, Christian. Awesome. You've been listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. This podcast is a production of Bride Ministries International. Visit our website at brideministriesinternational.com to enjoy the Bride Ministries Church, the Bride Ministries Institute, free resources, and to support us financially.